A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Let's just run into it. I'm not going to be able to have time before the holidays to edit this. But what goes in stays in. That sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds like the Cubs planned two years ago. I remember running home from school. Turning on the TV to the Cubs game. Sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Now hanging out with Obstructive View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love Local 9 and talking baseball, including the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Howdy, this is Ken. With me is Jeff and Adam from Obstructive View. We are coming at you just a few days before Thanksgiving. I'm guessing this is going to be the slow time of the year because if they work too hard, GMs are going to get divorced. So there's not too much going on. We can talk about the awards that have just been announced, qualifying offers, Roll 5, non-tenders, and a bunch of other stuff going on around MLB. How's that for a plan, fellas? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. Fantastic. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. How you guys been in the two weeks since uh, the World Series one that we did? There haven't been any other uh, surprise signings. I'm a little disappointed. Cubs need yeah. to, to to keep to keep these up like clockwork. Yeah, yeah, I fully expect it to happen overnight after we're done. Yeah, we we might have to do another emergency one of Shohei Otani signs like tomorrow, but or like basically right after we shut down. But I guess we can start with the awards. Like, uh, you know, no Cubs won uh, other than you know the couple that, that won the Gold Glove that we talked about. Cody Bellinger did win the Utility Player slug, uh, Silver Slugger, which was kind of cool. And uh, he actually got the QO uh, and also some down ballots uh, MVP votes along with Dansby Swanson, which was kind of fun. I guess the other one that that was major was Justin Steele got a fourth place finish. And Cy Young, I guess those uh, few starts at the end of the season were pretty bad and just basically took him from, you know, top billing to fourth place. Uh yeah, there there wasn't much to speak of in terms of the Cubs, like pretty much a solid team, lacking in pure star power, as you can see from the lack of awards. But, you know, something cool to build off of. So, yeah, let's take a look at the QOs. Uh, we got seven that were offered the qualifying offer. Uh, I think the qualifying offer is a little over $20 million. And the guys who... Got the QO and declined it. Includes Shohei Otani, who we hope is a future club. Matt Chapman, not so much. Cody Bellinger, maybe he should come back. Blake Smell is a uh, Josh Hader, uh, maybe. Aaron Nola actually signed uh, with Philly again, so he's staying with Philly for a pretty hefty contract. And finally, Sonny Gray. So, yeah, I, I guess we can take a look at this and say, they're probably going to try to bring Cody Bellinger back, but he's like plan C at this point. 
they're most definitely going to try for Shohei Otani, and then the other ones are just kind of hit or miss. Yeah, I figure the top two is probably going to be uh, Otani and Yamamoto that they're going for. Yeah, it's definitely not the the smorgasbord of uh, high profile uh, free agents, you know, qualifying offer free agents that there was last year. I don't even know that they're going to make a push for Bellinger. I mean, obviously, Jed has proved that he's not necessarily going to let us know what he's up to uh, (laughs) as far as signings go. But um, there's definitely not a ton of buzz about Bellinger coming back to Chicago as much as um, he was a good fit there. I get the feeling he was a good fit for the Cubs at that time, which he was. I mean, it was just it was a kind of a perfect intersection with uh, what he brought to the table and what the Cubs needed at that time. Um I'd be more than happy for them to get him, but seeing as though the projected salaries for uh, <laughs> is like everywhere from 125 million, you know, in total like, to 300 million, it's 12 years, it's like 12 years and 280 or whatever it was. That... Yeah, yeah, 12 <laughs> years. I mean, hey, maybe he's he's not um, he's not like the the high impact. Uh, physicality player who's necessarily going to get you know banged up like crazy he he could be a guy who has uh some nice longevity to him but man you'd have yeah, to I mean, really be sold he he exceeded all all expectations like he, even the wildest uh expectations that anyone had when the cubs signed him to uh, this year so I, I think that uh People are remembering his MVP year and this year and forgetting about all the not so great years in between. I don't think many uh, major league GMs are going to forget about those. Do you think there's any chance he goes the way of Dexter Fowler, where it seems like there has to be great interest in him? And clearly there, you know, there will be people who will consider it, but that he winds up not signing the big deal he was expecting and just lands back with the Cubs one more time. It would be a fellow contract as he wouldn't be able to put the QO on him again. So it might happen. I feel like he's going to find a deal that that pays him more than the Cubs would on a pillow contract, though, over the long run. And that's the same with Stroman as well. Uh, His Stroman, of course, uh, opted out. And I don't think the Cubs are bringing him back. I really just wanted to have a chance to reflect on Dexter Fowler. <laughs> uh, making his triumphant uh, return. Oh, I, I thought you meant he was going to sign with the Cardinals and suck ass for like five years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's where I, I was going oh. with this too. <laughs> oh dear God! Oh no, not that! And, and watch his his career get decimated in St. Louis. I mean, I mean, if he doesn't sign with the Cubs, you know, if if he could sign for. $200 million with the Cardinals and then give them absolutely nothing. That that would be okay with me. <laughs> like, I, got, I got room in my heart to wish that on the Cardinals. Uh, so benevolent. Yeah. We got 80 grade Petty over here. Speaking of uh, folks who are trying to replace whatever Cody Bellinger can do for the Cubs, I, I guess like they're going to try to find a way to get PCA ready 
to take over center field at some point, or they'll stop gap it with Talkman because he he's been uh, tendered a contract. There were three non-tenders. Those were the three uh, pitchers who were on the 60-day DIL, who basically just needed to be cleared off so that they could, you know, sign new guys or trade for new guys. There were three pitcher team prospects that were added to the 40-man to protect them from Rule 5, and that was about it. The one guy that I thought would be non-tendered and wasn't is Patrick Wisdom, and I guess Adam, he's like your hero, right? <laughs> I just like the guy. I, I feel like he's he's one of those players who everybody seems to be like, okay, yeah, but OPS is kind of a, like, it's a flawed stat. And Patrick Wisdom exposes the flaw. You know, he, he, he hits the ball really far and really hard when he hits it. And yeah, he swings and misses a lot, but he's still a pretty decent hitter and a useful uh utility guy um and he's fabulously good looking so <laughs> what yeah i can't argue with that <laughs> you keep those guys around it, it it brings eyes to the television screen it's enjoyable to watch and uh you know i i just i don't get the the hate that gets uh, lobbed his way, but yeah, I, I don't mind him as a bench guy. It's just you, you shouldn't count on him to be a, a major piece of your uh, story of your team's success. Though, though now that you mention his handsomeness, that does remind me. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they mentioned that uh, Cody Bellinger was uh, amongst the uh, MLB finalists for People's Sexiest Man Alive uh, uh, contest. So uh, may, maybe that's one more reason to bring him back. You got to have a good looking team, you know, <laughs> and uh, which Miko are pretty good looking, it, you know, and Shohei that, that yeah, he was, he was, he was on the list too. God. Yeah. It was yeah. Shohei Bellinger. I'm trying to remember who the third one was. Uh, yeah, some yeah, I, I, it wasn't Blake Snow. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was not Blake Snow. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sorry, Blake. I, you, you did nothing to me. I don't know why I threw you under the bus there, but. It's just a very boring uh, Cy Young winner. Is, uh, that, that's part of the reason why a lot of folks are kind of soured on him. Is he, he just got that style that, like, I'm going to walk a bunch of guys and I'm going to weasel out of it. I'm going to strike some of the guys out, but I'm not going to go deep into the game. I will barely ever finish the sixth inning. That, that kind of kind of pitcher is just unattractive. And, and uh, I was just not talking about his face. I, the thing I loved was the realization that, you know, in this just immortal list of pitchers who have won Cy Youngs in both leagues that he has joined, it's like, it, that's right, right? Is it both leagues? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Guys who've he won multiple, at least. And Padres, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> those are his two good years. <laughs> Like everybody else are like, you know, uh, Hall of Famers or should be Hall of Famers. And then there's Blake Snell who's like, yeah, no, these were my two good years, but I was really awesome those two years. I got to admit, even though the guy's been out of the league for over a decade, in my head, Blake Snell and Ian Snell are the same pitcher. (laughs) Former Pirates legend. (laughs) (laughs) That's an 
easy uh, confusion or conflation to to make. Reminds me, I yeah. had a, a, a elementary school principal, I think, whose name was Mrs. Snell. She could not throw to save her life, but <laughs> nice lady. So yeah, maybe we can talk to about Shohei instead. Based on what I, I've seen, uh, he, he did this very interesting thing where uh, he would hold it against anyone who would dare leak that they actually talked to him. And you're just like, you're talking to everybody because everybody's got to have some interest. Like, I know one team that probably won't have any interest or won't be on the list, but we could talk about that team later. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a chance to get a show with Tani, you take it. So why not invite him over and write it off as a business expense, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I think uh, the... The main deal is probably like not wanting any details of, about it, you know, emerging. Like if they hear numbers leaking or, you know, they hear that he his meeting with the Cubs is on Wednesday and it's not. It's not. We've heard nothing, Shohei. We promise nothing has been leaked. But I have heard that his meeting with the Dodgers was yesterday. Um, um. So you should probably eliminate them from your search because they've been blabbing about it like crazy. I that saw in passing. Yeah. That somebody in the Chicago area said they were driving, uh, down one of the expressways and they saw, a, a billboard for Joe Hayes MVP. And then somebody <laughs> in Boston said the same thing. And then there was another one in another big city. So it's either like a really, an expensive recruitment tactic or it's just another new balance ad because he, he's got an endorsement with new balance who knows i haven't seen the billboard because i don't live there but anymore but that's just what i heard so like a lot of teams are going to try to be very creative i imagine the cubs are going to pull out the like good old hype video that they got to snag you know uh, john lester with but uh yeah there there's a some really crazy numbers being thrown around and I'm just trying to figure out if they have enough couch cushion money to do it. I mean, you'll be pulling in a lot of money if you get Shohei. So there's definitely some, I think off the field advantages, um, even aside from, you know, if he improves your baseball team, um, if nothing else, the, uh, you know, the amount, he's big in Japan, as they say, uh, that, that, uh, new international interest will help a lot. <laughs> To, yeah, to that investment. you'd have a, a, a couple downloads of the marquee app in Japan if if uh, he signs with the Cubs. So hopefully they could make good on that that investment. And I, I'm sure that's one of those deals where it's kind of the entire Cub org, not just the baseball guys, you know, crunching numbers to find out what the return on investment for Otani would be outside of just the, the baseball. And you got to think it's got to be, it's got to be pretty high. I have obviously no capacity to calculate that accurately, but there's a lot of money to be made by having the most uh, famous baseball player uh, globally on your team. It might start in the billions. (laughs) As if he's he's going to command like a half billion dollar contract, 
And given how much, you know, profit margin uh, teams want, his return on investment has to be in the billions. Yeah. And if it is and you have the cash to to make it happen, that's that's their whole thing. That's why these guys own baseball teams is they know that having this property yields mountain loads of, of cash coming their way. So or wealth, I should say. But if if you have the ability to, you know, cough up those funds and and bring him onto your team and start raking in that cash, you, you got to do it. And I kind of wonder, like, what do you guys think? If you were Shohei, where would you want to go? Probably the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, it's like right down the street. He wouldn't even have to move too far. Moving sucks. I I I can't even lie. Like, you know, short short of flight so, back to Japan. Yeah, big market. And, and he's he already knows the area, so it's like that's probably why the Dodgers are the clear favorite. They have money. They have a good team. They have a good farm system. They have Mookie Betts, you know, Freddie Freeman for a while, and they're still going to be good for a little while. Uh, they probably need an entirely new pitching staff. Uh, because that was their problem uh, this past offseason or postseason. But, uh, you know, uh, Shohei sort of solved that starting in 2025. So uh, they they don't seem to have any problems not spending money. So, yeah, Dodgers. Well, I I get what you're saying. I To me, the, the geography part uh, does it. I don't understand why it makes such a big deal. I mean, yeah, moving moving does suck, but it sucks a lot worse when you can just snap your fingers and all yeah, of you just your stuff can get moved. Yeah. And the I've had a corporate reminds, move before. It's really nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I, I I can imagine. I've never been a part of it, but I've seen it play out in my head in my daydreams. <laughs> Anytime was, I'm involved in a movie, it, it was it was really weird. You know, they emailed me and they were like, "Don't pack anything, <laughs> don't wow. do anything." So I was like, "What, really?" They're like, "Yes, yes they, they, they would rather pack it for you because th- that way it's liability, something or other." You know. Mm-hmm. I I think that the the selling point for me, like the reason why when I put on my Otani hat. And I imagine where I would want to go that the Cubs lights are shining pretty bright is that with L.A., yeah, you are still unquestionably the best player on the team, but they're already it's a sky full of stars in L.A. And you're just another pretty bright one. If he comes to the Cubs, they're a pretty well set up team franchise and farm system with still a lot of attention, still a great place to be, but there is no question who the star is if Otani's on the Cubs. So you kind of have that blend of there's firepower, but you're still the guy. And I don't know. It reminds me of that, the, the, Oh, the air movie about the air Jordans, you know, Damon and Affleck. And the pitch that uh, he makes to the Jordans is like, how are you supposed to stand out if you are on the same team, you know, the same shoe team as Bird and 
Magic and Dr. J. That's just uh, that's just my my uh, oh optimistic, hopeful take on what might I, happen in his brain. I also, I also speak to as someone who is not from California. Like I just think LA is to nothing down and don't understand why they have fans, but <laughs> just do not just do not do not enjoy Los Angeles at all. Yeah. The Nisei Lounge uh, Twitter account, or I guess it's not Twitter anymore, but whatever, uh, was saying something up to the tune of, you know, lower income taxes, Chicago has better public transit, yada, yada, yada. So, like, there there are advantages to being in Chicago. I, I know that firsthand. There's public transit around here. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. It totally sucks. And I really miss the CTA, which is not say, it, something it, that that's the funny thing. Like it, 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 it totally sucks, and it's an order of magnitude better than LA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought if there were one hype video that I would show Otani, it would be the uh, oh now I can't remember his name. My mind's totally blanking. The Grand Slam, and it was against the Dodgers, and it was Miguel Montero. Yes. Yes. Oh, the Maggie Grand Slam. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. you know, it's, I think it's uh, five years since Bodie's Grand Slam, but nobody cares about Bodie anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I still like David Bodie. <laughs> the, the Montero one, like just the way the crowd reacted to where Wrigley is basically shaking, you know, like yeah. it's it just so, so unbelievable. The fan uh, atmosphere at Wrigley, I mean, there are a lot of people who love baseball in L.A., but, you know, they're not staying past the eighth inning. Oh, that's fair. You know, there's already a Japanese uh, player on the Cubs and Seiya Suzuki who's, you know, hopefully he turned the corner and becomes like really, really good Suzuki. And not like I'm slumping for a month or two Suzuki next year. Uh, if he actually has recruitment powers, he can try to recruit Shohei. He can try to recruit Yamamoto or Imanaga. Why not all of them, you know? But uh, also, obviously, they have a finite amount of money, especially if Papa Ricketts has to spend for nefarious purposes. Uh, let's just leave it there. But... Uh, yeah, there are means to an end here. I think there are a lot of teams that are just out of the running because they are having money issues because of the whole uh, Valley Sports uh, bankruptcy thing. And MLB is going to have to try to find a way to help them pay some of those bills, right, and distribute the games. Uh, thankfully, the Cubs are not one of them. They have Marquee, and Marquee being, you know, even though it has its own issues, it's still stable enough that they can count on that as a source of revenue. So at least the Cubs don't have that problem. So that gives them sort of an advantage. And along with, you know, the whole, we have a really good farm system now. Uh, some might argue it's a top farm system. Uh, we have a good core in place to, like, take it to the next level. You can, like Adam said, Shohei can become the star and take that to the next level. So there, there's a lot of really good things that could come out of going to Chicago. And it's not like Chicago is devoid of Asian people either, you know? So there, there's going to be a lot of fans, even in the area. So I, I think 
they're they have as good a chance as any they just need to fork over some cash yeah i think i think it's going to come down to the cubs and then some west coast team i don't think anyone else really has a shot that's so crazy that it could happen <laughs> no i don't think i don't think it's likely i just think it's possible <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it just it seems like such a a quantum leap in terms of the hope meter <laughs> from where where he's not the, even the, he wouldn't the, even be pitching next year too. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I don't know. It just there, there's so much more buzz around the possibility of him coming to the Cubs than there than there was you know three six months ago. It was like a joke that it oh it would be great that it would happen but it's never going to happen and now it's kind of like a couple steps up from so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) even more of a chance than that Uh, so here's the other question if he never ever pitches again do you still make that deal if he's the only to be he cannot throw he doesn't play right field because say is already there or he he just shouldn't throw but he's still Bashing like 40 plus homers a year because he's at Wrigley Field now. Do you still make that deal? So, you mean if it's like a $500 million deal? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> but you don't know that. Like, it, yeah. it's just like one of those after the fact things. Will you regret it? It is, is a thing. Or will you say, you know what, knowing what I know now, I'm still making that deal? Yeah. I look at it as Babe Ruth's gamble, you know? When the Red Sox dealt him to the Yankees, uh, I mean, he was, he had been primarily a, pr- a pitcher up until that point, right? So, yeah, I mean, he was obviously good. He was obviously even great at that at that point. And they full on switched him to offense, defense only, no pitching. It worked out okay. Uh, I just wonder. It, obviously, there's a, sm- a small enough sample of similar people that you can't really say for sure that it would work out that way. But I just wonder if he's just that athletically gifted and that skilled at baseball that it, even if he weren't to pitch ever again, you know, maybe he just becomes that much better of a hitter. In which case, I would say, sure, why not? Let's give it a try. Maybe Shohei can play first base after all. He's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to focus on pitching anymore. He uh, has a lot more time. Yeah, I mean they're they're essentially moving Bryce Harper to first base full time now. Uh, so you know he's got a pretty sizable contract. You're paying that much for a first baseman, but it's a first baseman that was like a two time MVP who can hit. So or it was a three time. How many times has he won the MVP? It's it's more than once for sure. At least twice, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if he hits well enough, that's really what you're paying for. You're hit paying for those X number of home runs and RBIs and the fact that he can steal a base every now and then because he's so fast. So I, I think it, it's worthwhile because he, he's not just like a fat guy who can swat a home run. He's a freak of nature athlete. I think you, you have to pay money for that. Yeah. And if you ever, you know, needed him to like, can you try and get one guy out? Sure. <laughs> you know, like a Roy se- Hobbs. Se- secret closer. <laughs> yeah. For, for sure. Like he, he has the potential starting in 2025 again to make 
Justin Steele not the number one pitcher? And if they also sign a different guy or, you know, a trade and extend a Corbin Burns, now Justin Steele is your number three. And that's kind of attractive because uh, Justin Steele is pretty darn good, you know? But uh, yeah, I can actually think of one team that is definitely not going to sign Shohei Otani, and that's his with the hometown Oakland A's. Uh, you guys uh, saw the letter I posted from John Fisher, right? Yeah. It, it was pretty foul. And uh, I, I feel like they were disingenuous all the way through this entire process. So I have absolutely no idea how it's going to go in Vegas. But I, just like Phoenix, like Vegas is like a testament to the hubris of man. And... <laughs> I don't think that Vegas is actually going to exist in about 20 years. So they probably made a very bad error, uh, not just the A's, but MLB as a whole. I don't know what the end game is, but I don't see how they can profit from this. How, who specifically can't profit from this? Anyone. <laughs> Anyone, really. <laughs> I'm uh, sure they'll make yeah. some kind of profit because baseball usually does, even if they cook the books to make it look like they have biblical losses. But still, man, you're going from the Bay Area, which is a great, really great market. There are millions of people here who are absolute sports fans, you know, for both A's and Giants. More Giants than A's now because, you know, uh, Coliseum is decrepit and, you know, the owner basically doesn't spend money. But now you're moving to Vegas, which, again, will exist in about 20 years, the way global climate change is happening. And uh, it, it's like a really, really small media market, even though there are lots of people there. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I certainly don't understand it totally. And I don't know what all the implications are of what their deal would be with Vegas. Um but anytime an owner gets an opportunity for public funds to get tossed their way, uh, it seems like they just are scrambling over themselves to take it. And it's uh, it, it, it's a, a soapbox I don't feel like climbing on right now, but it, <laughs> it, it just burns you to have these billionaires who don't pay their fair share in taxes and then just double, triple, uh, quintuple down on pulling public revenue, pulling tax dollars back to themselves uh, well, and reaching themselves even further. I got to correct you on that. I mean, th there was a tax involved in this. It was a tax that the other owners put on uh, John Fisher <laughs> that if he sells the team, it gets taxed and goes to them. <laughs> they they uh -huh. get a cut of the profits. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It was a 10-year moratorium. Like, you, you can move to Vegas for 10 years in Vegas. Like, once you're in Vegas, you cannot sell the team unless you're willing to pay us a hefty chunk of change. So they, they're committed to Vegas somehow. <laughs> and that's like the 10 years that eats into... First of all, they have to relocate because they still have to build a stadium and they have to figure out where they can play after 2024, right? And they have to build that stadium. And then there's another 10 years, and that's within the 20 years that I'm saying <laughs> Vegas is not going to exist anymore. I don't know. 
uh, I'll, I'll probably put it under like some hermetically sealed like air conditioned dome. But yeah, Vegas just simply should not exist as a city. I've been to Vegas, really fun, but you should not live there. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> what? Uh, it's, it, it's almost like it's uh, it's not their commitment to Vegas. It's the A's residency in Vegas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like they're Adele or something. Like we're just gonna be here playing uh, our shows that you can come watch. Well, we'll comp it at the blackjack tables. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they they have built-in sports books all around them. They don't even need to build one. That's true. <laughs> And they will be like they'll change their name to the Aces, right? Like you kind of have to. There's, yeah, there's like movements from the fans who are in Oakland who are trying to get John Fisher to sell the team or to, for the A's to stay. That's uh, you know, that the A's name should stay with Oakland for when they actually try for an expansion team or whatever. I don't know uh-huh. if they're going to change the name. The commissioner didn't have any idea either like once they relocate uh i honestly don't know i feel like they're gonna drag the name with them just like they did with the raiders but yeah i mean i saw a short article about that and i was really confused how they have any like legal standing at all to sue or whatever over this yeah it seems like hashtag hashtag not a lawyer (laughs) yeah Yeah. it seems like more an appeal (laughs) than a an actual uh, lawsuit, like, please do this. If you're going to screw us over, at least give us, you know, one shred of dignity. But it would be nice. It would at least show some, some goodwill, you know, as if there is any uh, with Fisher. I feel like, uh, you know, Ace fans obviously got a raw deal. Oakland as a community, same thing. Uh, I, I felt like the city was doing a lot of things reasonably well to try to retain the team a lot of the the uh, proposals sounded viable they just didn't want to do it and you know the billionaire wants to move to vegas he's going to move to vegas because he's the one with billion of dollars right it's really ridiculous i'm kind of glad that we are fans of a team where the owners are actually committed to staying the, the place that they've been for over a century although you know they did also try to strong arm the city and the stuff with the relocation threats and whatnot, but that, that's a standard billing their playbook, and they'll, they'll keep playing it until they win. Well, they were just showing the Bears how it's done, since the the Bears ownership would would need their handheld to make any decision whatsoever. Hey, don't don't uh, don't rain on my Bears parade. I'm still flying high off that win on Detroit. I missed the end because uh, my daughter wanted to go to the park, but uh, yeah, she chose wisely. No. yeah, yeah, I'm still yeah. celebrating that that win that I'm sure that they got that I I didn't I didn't watch the end of that game for. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Hey, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a win either way, right? And, 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 and yeah. And the Phantoms lost, so even better for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like, I, I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm too old to be assured that I would enjoy the fruit of good draft picks. Like, just give me a game that I can watch and they can win. 
and this week, you know, like I, I, I don't care about 2024 or 2025. Just I, I just want one one day. Let me <laughs> smile for one day, Bears. Well, maybe you guys can beat the Chargers too whenever you play them. Already lost. <laughs> Somehow they look like the you know how the Chargers are supposed to look when they play the Bears. It's like, oh yeah, they're the high-powered offense and uh, multi-tool defense that is making it difficult to score and impossible to stop. Or who they were in Lambeau. Whatever. Yeah, it's kind of lame right now that nothing is really happening in baseball and you have to focus on football <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So sorry to all the Bears fans out there. Uh, yeah. Are done. It, was pretty, it was pretty grim a couple weeks for Packers fans, too. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, in some ways you, you still miss Aaron Rodgers, even though he's broken. And oh, no. I don't miss a horrible all. person. <laughs> I saw a Packers fan uh, on on Twitter say, well, at least we'll be playing a lot of noon games next year, which will give us an advantage against West Coast teams who come <laughs> here to play. And I was like, man, that is that is the galaxy brain take <laughs> hardcore silver lining thinking. And <laughs> as a Cubs and Bears fan, I am impressed. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, you guys got your Thanksgiving stuff bought up yet? Ready to roast that bird? Well, yes and no. I got I. Several years ago, actually, this was back going back to living in Texas, almost a decade ago now, we uh, discovered how much easier it is to do Thanksgiving if you just buy a smoked turkey and don't oh. actually have to cook a turkey. And uh, it's it's awesome. So usually we just go to, uh, if there's a good, really good barbecue place nearby, you can usually buy an entire smoked turkey press. Um, I was able to get one at the, at the grocery store this time, but it's, uh, it's made Thanksgiving much less stressful. <laughs> it's a very good uh, stopgap idea. Shortcut. A shortcut. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. an idea from a friend of ours who was like super pregnant at the time and was hosting Thanksgiving and didn't want to cook. So, so we did that. Uh, like, oh totally my God. I understand this, where she was coming from. <laughs> this was amazing. It's yeah, a good idea. Good idea. I, I might be doing the, the Charlie Brown uh, toast. Popcorn, jelly bean, pretzels, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Nice. We'll just, I just uh, don't don't invite Peppermint and Patty because she'll yell at you for all that. Right, right. So yeah, I guess uh, the next big date is the December winter meetings. It's in Nashville. Uh, Nashville, of course, is an expansion city prospect. I kind of expect all hell to break loose, but. Who knows? Like I think it's being held up by by a shipwear show here with Otani's going to sign. So the ideal is that the Cubs sign Otani like right after Thanksgiving. Because Jed invited him over to his house for a turkey, and then uh, yeah, we'll just go from there, right? Not just as long as he doesn't give him norovirus. Oh right, right. Yeah, that was bad. Dysentery's bad. I mean, is, is it? 
isn't it just like Thursday for Shohei? <laughs> like, is, has he fully uh, uh, adapted to the the Thanksgiving uh, splurging, or is he just like uh, let's sign now? Because I'm all I'm all for I'm all for that. Yeah. Like I, I feel like uh, probably get yelled at uh, for signing, doing a transaction on Thanksgiving, but kind of worth it, right? They'll they'll understand. Yeah. yeah, it gives us all something to be thankful for. Correct. So I, I guess we can come back and uh, hang out after the winter meetings because hopefully that that's a lot more news than us just speculating about who's going to play first base for the Cubs. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do have a question. Go for it. Sorry. Well, this whole deal about like a, a rumor about trading Morel for uh, polar bear dude <laughs> for the Mets. I mean, like I, I, Pete, he's he's good, but a year of Alonzo for five years of Morel to me is like batshit insane. I thought Morel would be traded for Juan Soto, to be honest. And yeah, that I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like, I'm fine with Morel learning to play first and 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 playing for us. That, if you recall, this was an idea I proposed uh, during the year this past season. So, yeah, we'll see if it catches he, he's on. He's been playing some uh, in winter ball. He's also been playing third. So if he can play one of the corners, that that takes care of one of the problems, right? And if someone like down on the farm actually like you know decides to take the spot, and hopefully he's not a Eric Hosmer or a Trey Mancini, who we we hoped, oh gosh, we hoped would really be okay, and they were absolutely not. Can't have that happen. <laughs> they want to contend this year because that that wasted so many games. Uh, and, I don't know, and maybe yeah. Mervis could be cromulent too. Yeah, I, uh, well, it's I, one I, of those I, things. If they if, if they were to get uh, uh, Otani and Soto, uh, <laughs> love that. Like it's just a simple thing. But if they were to get Otani and Soto, you have a lot more uh, uh, wiggle room to be patient with giving Mervis and uh, PCA at bats galore until something clicks. That that yeah. is actually one one thing I didn't really put together with the um uh council signing. Um is that he might actually be good for Mervis. That it sounded like Mervis was like super overwhelmed when he was called up. But uh I, th- I also get the vibe that David Ross like didn't give a shit about rookies. So maybe maybe yeah, council he, will be a little maybe played. council will be a little better for him. Like the few times he played, he was overwhelmed, but then he didn't play a lot in between. It was uh, kind of just like the Canaria situation, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, there, there's probably a better way to do it, but I can't say that I'm qualified to make that judgment. I, it just felt weird to me that, you know, your prize prospect just basically didn't play. He just sat on the bench and collected splinters in his butt, you know? It just didn't make sense. But I guess we could say the same for Canario and to a lesser extent PCA. Yeah, it 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 it, it was weird. Um, but it, that's one of the, the David Ross things that I did actually uh, give him the benefit of the doubt on was just that 
the dude did not have a lot of freedom to be patient with uh, young player development. You know, he just didn't have that luxury uh, with the lineup that he had uh, to be able to say, no, it's okay. We can, we can let them, let them fail on the field and at the plate. It's just the, the Cubs didn't have, they didn't have a lot of wiggle room. They were outscoring teams and still losing, (laughs) you know, like overall they were, they were putting up the, putting up the runs and stopping the, preventing runs from scoring but they they still just didn't didn't do it on a consistent enough basis in those tight games to where you can just say oh yeah and we can throw away four at bats to you know the new kid yeah that's part of the calculus behind council and also i think that some of us were talking the last time about how he could be a very good recruitment tool so knowing that you're now playing for the best possible manager, arguably, might be a strong recruitment tool just for Shohei Otani, who's been playing for, like, you know, C-Now, Joe Madden, and who, who was the last manager? Was it Phil Nevin? Yeah. Was pretty good, right? Yeah, so now now it's going to be Ron Washington, but Ron Washington's also, like, 70-something years old. So, yeah, at some point, they have to turn to a newer guard, and I think uh, for the newer guard, council is probably the best of the best. So that that's something good to look forward to, just knowing that your floor for this team is about 80 wins. You can add to that uh, through the farm and through trade and through free agency. There's so many options, and I hope that we can really talk about all the cool new options that we have uh, after the winter meetings. So yeah, uh, anything else, guys? Or are we we uh, ready for Turkey? Bring it on. Yeah, right. I'm just checking Twitter to make sure we haven't signed Otani. Uh, I did good. finally, I did finally delete my Twitter account. So oh, oh, I'm, I'm less than the loop. A I lot of uh, companies have been just pulling their ads because uh, the proprietor is not as much of a genius as he thought he was. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, 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 all, it also restricts your ability to read other accounts, which I thought they had tried briefly and then uh, restored, but I guess they didn't. The days are numbered. I, I might actually have to leave soon, and it's, it's going to suck because, you know, they dragged me in about 10 years ago. This would be year 10 for me on Twitter, and uh, I, I guess, yeah. like, a lot of baseball GMs, 10 years is enough. <laughs> What's your Brian Cashman? Oh, that's... Yeah, but he, he doesn't use analytics or whatever, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's some strange ones in baseball. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out with me again. Uh, you can find us at obstructiveview.net. Uh, we're not even going to bother with socials because uh, everything is in flames right now. But uh, you, you can definitely find us at obstructiveview.net. Thanks to Rich Deanna for a theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling final app call from the World Series victory that the Chicago Cubs won because people forget that. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Chance. Gobble gobbles. All right. We'll see you next time. It was more than just a game. Welcome <laughs> to the World Series Dream. Whoa. Ah.
Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it was more than just a game.